You're listening to the Radical Departures podcast, your source for startup storytelling. I'm your host, Abby Klein. On the show, I interview entrepreneurs and other professionals from throughout the French and greater European startup ecosystems. We look at some of the interesting new developments that have taken place in France over the last few years and how the country is developing into a startup nation. On Radical Departures, you'll hear founders of some of the hottest companies share their stories and important things they've learned along the way. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. This is episode 37 of the Radical Departures podcast. My guest today is Sharon Sofer, founder of Startup for Kids. They're an organization that runs events to introduce young people to the concept and experience of entrepreneurship and facilitate working together on group projects. Startup for Kids is for young children as well as teenagers, and they hold a variety of different kinds of events. In this episode, we discuss Sharon's background working in tech, how she decided that this was the project she wanted to develop after a pivot away from a previous startup idea, why she thinks it's so important to introduce kids to entrepreneurship and other ways of learning at a young age, and much more. So without further ado, here's episode 37 with Sharon Sofer. My guest today is Sharon Sofer, founder of Startup for Kids. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you. Hello. What was the need that you saw that led you to create Startup for Kids? I saw that the uh, environment was changing very quickly for kids uh, and uh, society in general, and uh, school was uh, slower to move. Uh, so we wanted to introduce kids to tech and a new way to learn. Uh, so that's how uh, Startup for Kids was born. So how does it work? What do you do? What do you produce? Quickly, it's an event, a big event where we have uh, startups coming and uh, startups who are doing products for kids, for education. And uh, kids come and then can uh, test the product and uh, live the experience of a new way to learn. Uh, they also can uh, try uh, developing uh, projects, uh, so code uh, lessons. And uh, we also have conferences for adults, uh, for the parents, for the teachers and all people interested in a new way of uh, learning. And is one of the goals to eventually bring more of that style of learning and teaching into schools? Yeah, of course. So that's the, the idea, to inspire teachers and parents for a new way to, to work with the kids and to teach them. So tell us about your background. How did you get into this? What gave you the idea? So my background, uh, basically, I worked uh, for 20 years in uh, marketing in the uh, tech industry, uh, so telecommunications and uh, gaming. Uh, and uh, five years ago, I started a company named uh, Scientibox. Uh, so basically, it was a uh, subscription uh, boxes. Uh, every month, you received a home a box with a magazine about science and experiments on the same subject. And uh, one day, I made a short event. Uh, I wanted to do an event with uh, one class and another startup uh, just to present to teachers and kids uh, this uh, new way of uh, doing science. And uh, every time I spoke uh, to somebody about the ideas, uh, people wanted to join us. So, so there was, uh, at the end of the day, there were 30 startups, 1,500 visitors. Uh, so it was supposed to be a one-shot event. Uh, and uh, it was at uh, 42, the coding school. Uh, and they were very happy to have so many kids in the school. So we decided to do another event uh, the year after that. So the first event was in 2015. Uh, 
And then 2016, it was also a success. We had uh, even more visitors, 2,500. So I decided to stop the other company and uh, to focus on uh, Startup for Kids. Why kids? What led you to focus on kids like this? Because it wasn't your background. I would say mainly because I had children and I was looking for things for them. Um, and uh, also, it's very interesting to see kids uh, behave and see how you can impact them. Uh, it was also a thing to have impact on the uh, people that I was uh, seeing. And what are some of the reactions that you've gotten from these kids? So you work with little kids up and up through teenagers. It's from six years old to 20 years old, so older kids. <laughs> yeah. Do they come out of it with positive reactions? What are some of the experiences yeah, you've had? They are very excited. Both the kids and the parents, it's like parents who say, oh, my kids just spent one hour doing mathematics. I can't believe it. <laughs> so it was... Uh, Basically, gamification, you know, and a new way to work, to, do, to learn math. So the kids are very excited and very often the people, the parents have to drag them off the event. So it's cool. On our last event, we had family who came on Saturday. They came back on Sunday. So wow. I guess they were pretty happy of uh, <laughs> all the time they spent with us. What are some of the challenges that you faced in the very beginning with structuring Startup for Kids? Well, the difficulty was that uh, it was the first time uh, that I was doing an event. Uh, I did some, but uh, when I was a teenage in an organization where that I was uh, part of, uh, so I had to basically invent uh, everything because I had no background, professional background in that. So that was kind of fun, actually. Uh. And as it was uh, building blocks uh, that uh, came one after the other, I didn't have the pressure, you know, to build something very neat and very nice mm -hmm. from the beginning. Uh, that was pretty fun. And then the challenge is to know how many people you really can have at the end of the day and have a good equilibrium between the startups who are present, the people who are coming to make conferences and uh, the content to match with the people visiting uh, the event. Did you always consider that maybe one day you would become an entrepreneur yourself? You worked in tech for a long time. I guess you saw many of them. Yes, but uh, it's not so much the issue of being an entrepreneur. It was more the issue of uh, having an idea and doing it. I didn't care that I was an entrepreneur. It was not uh, something important for me. It was just, okay, I want to do this, so let's do it. And do you continue to feel that way these days? Or do you identify yourself that way? Or I guess you're looked to as a, you know, an example now, so... Yeah, the part where you really feel like an entrepreneur is that uh, you have people you have to pay at the end of the month. I would say that's the only thing because uh, I think I would uh, have the same uh, investment if I was a uh, part of a company or I really always have been uh, very involved in the company where I was working. So to me, it doesn't change. Uh, it's more the responsibility of uh, having to face the, the problems by yourself. Yeah. And you're the one responsible at the end exactly. of the day. Yeah. So, but again, I always felt like that. So when I was an employee and I had a project, it was my project. I mean, it was not uh, my boss problem. It was my problem. I guess that probably serves you well in building a team around you. You're responsible and you make them want to take part in it. I only have people that are very involved. So on that way, I'm very lucky. Uh, people who choose to come uh, to a nonprofit, working on education, are very motivated. And I let them be responsible also of their own part of the project. Is that something that you also incorporate for kids? Do you sort of focus on uh, that they need to learn to take ownership of their own what they create? Kind of well, instilling that spirit of entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's the case, actually. We started to do uh, hackathons like uh, events inside the event. So basically, they start a project with a team of kids they didn't know in the morning. And uh, they have to create a project and to pitch the project at the end of the day. 
So it's kind of a responsibility because yeah. you're part of the team and you want to be good when you pitch and uh, be proud of your project. So these events are free for the kids. Yes. So how does this work? Do you have partners? Do you have sponsors? Yeah, exactly. We have uh, sponsors and uh, companies that are financing the, the project uh, because uh, education is very important for them too. So they really feel like uh, they have to focus now on the employees for tomorrow. So they are very involved in the project. So we have Orange, for example, Crédit Agricole, Nokia, Econocom, Nessium Consulting. And they are very involved in the project, so it's really nice. Do you partner with them to create specific events that they want to... So until now, it was mainly financial support. But uh, now we have uh, new partners who we try to build with uh, the, the contents that we provide. For example, Berlin Edition. So we are working the conferences with them. Orange also, they had uh, people coming and presenting uh, things around technology. So we are really trying to build with them uh, the event. So far, Startup for Kids has run all of these events. You run them yourself. You don't have other people contracted out to recreate this kind of event. No, for the moment, we are doing everything ourselves. We want to develop uh, outside of Paris uh, and uh, Parisian region, we had an event in uh, Paris-Saclay at mm -hmm. Central Supélec a few weeks ago. So we did uh, it ourselves. So for the moment, we're going to keep on doing the events ourselves. But uh, if we grow bigger and have uh, 10 or 20 cities, maybe we will uh, work with partners to build the events. But we still want to focus on the content. So we still will have to be very close to the team working on the project. That's further ahead. So we'll see. <laughs> How do you structure these events? How do you keep, I mean, if they're for young kids, how do you keep them focused on the, <laughs> the goal at hand? Are any of the people who facilitate these events teachers? Are they trained in working with kids? Mainly it's uh, workshops uh, that are pretty short, uh, like uh, 30 minutes. Uh, so it's the startups themselves that present their own project. So they are very motivated and excited to present the project to kids. And it's also very interesting for them because... Uh, Pretty often, it's the first time they have a direct feedback with children. Or they had children, but it's children, you know, the, the kids of their friend, etc. So it's not a real feedback. And uh, during this event, they had feedback with kids in the family context, where they are there with their parents, and in the school context, because we have school coming on the event. And what about the teenagers? How do you structure the events differently for them? So it's a very different uh, event. Uh, it's called uh, Demain commence aujourd'hui. Uh, so tomorrow begins today. And uh, it's a uh, 100% uh, hackathon type. Uh, so they come and build the project uh, from beginning to end and present it at the end of the day. So it's a different approach. And uh, we do it also with the kids, but uh, more simple, more... So with teenagers, it's really a project-focused idea. What do you see? I imagine there's a, a big variety, but in some of the kids, particularly the teenagers, in their skill levels to approach things like this, to approach a hackathon? Are some of them really experienced and they spend all their time in their basement on the computer and some not so much? First of all, it's not on the computer because we want them to understand the use of the technology, like uh, simulate what you would do with a robot or AI, but uh, we don't want them to be on the computer because uh, basically it's a waste of time. We want them to think about the project and they prototype it with uh, papers and, uh, you know, things. Uh, the whole experience. The whole experience. <laughs> but <laughs> so no electronics and things like that. So we have a big variety of kids. Some are already uh, really aware and uh, they are coding, etc. And some are really far away from technology. 
And uh, the goal is to bring them uh, all together and uh, to build the project together. So that's the fun part. And to learn from each other, I guess. Exactly. So it's always a team for four, five or six people. So at the end of the day, they all find their way to their places in the group and what they can bring to the group. So that's very interesting. And it's also to show them that they all have uh, something to give to the group. I mean, they are not all good in math or some are very bad students uh, in school, but because they just don't find what they can express themselves inside. So we give them the opportunity to be good at something. And uh, other groups for the moment have all been able to pitch at the end of the day and present the project. I imagine that's really powerful for kids who especially have not found their way maybe as teenagers. That's uh Exactly. So yeah. that's very satisfying for us, too, because we see the happiness in their eyes at the end of the day. So it's very cool. And have you had any success stories or, you know, a teenager who's gone to an event and later comes back and tells you, oh, I started a company, whatever. Uh, not started a, a company <laughs> yet, but uh, we started uh, Demain Commence Aujourd'hui uh, in uh, October. And we have kids who came already at uh, four editions, basically all the one we did. Wow. Uh, they also started to be facilitators, so they are they animate uh, one of the groups, so they, they progress mm-hmm. <laughs> in the level. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. We are very happy to have them come back, uh, and uh, we're going to have them pitch at uh, several events to present either their uh, evolution, why they come, etc., or even the project when it's a good project. What do you find that's lacking, particularly in the school system in general here, that hasn't prepared kids this way? They don't work that much in projects, uh, so bring them uh, this uh, opportunity to express themselves and uh, also to valorize uh, I don't know, any skills, to put forward any skills. So some are good, some will be more leaders in the team, and, uh, but they are not good in math. Who cares? It's a skill. It's a very important skill. Some will be the one facilitating communication, or some will be more artistic and uh, bring the beauty to what they are doing. So... Everyone must find its skills, and uh, I think it's very much better, uh, put ahead in, uh, in school. And is that a, a particularity of the French system, do you think? I know that in Scandinavian systems, they try to have a more variety of uh, skills uh, to put uh, forward, but uh, it's not specific to French. I mean, I think it's all, in all the countries, uh, math is the subject, uh, the queen subject. So what would you do in a society where everything, everybody is good in math, but uh, not in the rest? And what about the, the breakdown of girls versus boys at these events? What's that like? So during the events, we are more or less uh, the same amount of boys and girls, but uh, we still see a difference for coding, uh, for example, activities. On the last event, we just had uh, 40% of girls, and uh, we really work on it. We, we try to convince uh, everybody to go to the coding activities. So it's better because it, was, it used to be one-third of girls and two-thirds of boys. We changed slightly the names of the activities. Uh, we did things like that, you know, to have uh, everybody feel uh, concerned uh, about coding. But uh, it's an issue. It's an issue we have to work to bring girls uh, to at least not be stressed about tech or science in general. I first encountered you through Starter. Yeah. Because you were named one of their 10 women to follow in 2018. And it's a problem that they work to address for sure. But uh, clearly it's still plenty of work to do. Oh, yes. And uh, it's work to do uh, from the very, very young age because uh, simple things like, oh, you look so pretty today uh, versus uh, you look so smart and strong. It's a very good example of what's going to happen during all their life and what we are, society seems to be expecting for them. It's amazing that that's still the case. 
Yeah, it's still the case. And even for parents, uh, I mean, even myself, sometimes uh, my girls just look at me and say, you can't say that, mom. Pretty aware. So it still happens. <laughs> do you, as a woman entrepreneur, do you give back to that particular community in any way? Do you mentor young women or young startupers in general? On our events, we really try to do uh, things for girls to be at the same level and go to the same things that boys are. And we have a project for girls, but that's uh, in uh, one or two years. So I can say more for the moment, but uh, that's yes. Encouraging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for the future of Startup for Kids, it's a nonprofit. How yeah. do you envision building it out and taking over the more cities and more countries? Well, we are a nonprofit, but we are really working like a company. I mean, we have uh, partners and uh, sponsors. So like uh, any uh, major event would have uh, sponsors. So that's not really an issue. We just need to have more sponsors to have more events in more cities. And uh, we also have projects to have uh, software uh, applications to help uh, other people to make their own events, uh, especially for teenagers. Are there any other products that you would envision creating eventually? You had these boxes before. Yeah, but no, because uh, we are working with so many startups. So I think everyone should have uh, his place. So we are focusing on uh, bringing the events uh, for them. So our products will be around the events and the fact that there is a lot of applications out there. Where in particular do you envision expanding internationally? For the moment in France. We really would love to have an event in uh, all the big cities in Bordeaux, in Lyon, in Lille, etc. So that's our focus for the two or three next years. Huh? And then we'll see uh, further down the road. And what about in terms of building out your own team around you? What are roles that you look to fill? Basically, we have uh, three major roles. Uh, one in uh, organizing events, uh, one in uh, communication, and uh, one in uh, content, really building the content and pedagogy. Looking back, Are there any things that stand out to go, I wish I had done this a different way, this was a mistake, or has it all been sort of positive? It has been pretty positive. Uh, I can't complain. I've been very lucky with, uh, with Startup for Kids, uh, but I've made a lot of mistakes with Scientibox uh, before. So, for example, uh, basically I'm trying to do only what I can do by myself, even if I have partners. My idea is to say, okay, if my partners let me down, I still can do the project. So not to go too far with people if I can't handle the situation in case of a problem. That's a big uh, lesson. And also maybe uh, go step by step and uh, do what you can. And just uh, don't go too far and don't... Uh... Yeah, it makes a lot of sense not going beyond your means. Not only with money, but with your ability, but maybe especially with money when you have to be really lean and careful. Yeah, and it's very, uh, very easy, you know, to launch a lot of projects, uh, especially in our case. Uh, we are very lucky. We have people coming. We have more and more sponsors. So it's uh, hard to find the equilibrium because between uh, where you want to go and when you can do it. Uh, sometimes I wish I could just start like 10 editions in 10 different cities uh, next month, but, uh, but to I be can't. able to, yeah, to manage all of that is uh, exactly. difficult, <laughs> impossible, maybe. Do you have any advice in particular for people just starting out now? Maybe not the kids attending, maybe, but uh, people starting their projects now? Yeah, follow your passion. Don't do things. Uh, first, know yourself. So know what motivates you and uh, what you want to do and uh, do something you really love because it's very, very hard. On the hard days, uh, it's good to have something where you, you know what uh, you are doing it for, your why, you know your why. 
And what about France today? What have you seen change in the last, say, five years before you started uh, Scientipox? I think the startup concept was very far from uh, everybody's mind. Uh, though I was working in startups, uh, it was like, uh, oh, it's not for me. Uh, and now it's very common. I mean, everybody thinks they can start a company. So at least that's something you know you can do. It doesn't mean that uh, it's for you. But it's a possibility, which was not the case five years ago. What do you think has made that shift? There is a lot of communication of hype around the startups. And there is a wish of the government also to have people starting their own company. So this is a strong thing to drive uh, people to believe that it's possible. It's good for your events, too, because it means more and more teenagers at least will have heard, you know, something about startups and, oh, this is cool. They hear about, uh, yeah, it's possible to do something uh, other ways than uh, just uh, go uh, to school and then uh, start uh, being an employee, etc. So it opens their mind. What made you want to make that change away from being an employee to being the one in charge, the only one? It was really not uh, something I wanted. I just had this project and I started the project. It was not, uh, oh, I want to be uh, independent. I was always independent, even inside the company, of course. Uh, one of my managers told me that I was uh, very hard to manage. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had two managers in my life and they both told me that I was very hard to manage. Uh, but because I strongly believed in my project. So once you give me a project, it's my project. So I was very stubborn. Uh, And I wouldn't let go anything. And uh, it was like my little company inside the company. So I think they had a hard time with that. But really, it was more, okay, I have an idea. Let's go. Let's do it. So Sharon, thank you for joining me today. One more question before you go. How do you personally define success? Oh, it's uh, basically be happy. <laughs> anything more? Oh, it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of Radical Departures. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. And let us know who you'd like to hear on the show. Catch you next week. <laughs>